guys, welcome to the Dugo Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Rob Watson, and in today's episode, I had the lovely opportunity to sit down with a spiritual teacher, Louise Kay. Um, it was a real blessing to be able to, you know, spend some time with her, and she came over and visited us, and it tied in really nicely. We ended up doing a little event afterwards, and we had a few people around there to our house, and um, yeah, it just seemed to, you know, it flowed really well, and it was really nice the way this interview came about for me, and um, yeah, it's really good just hearing Louise's story. I'd very much sort of like put her in the mold of like an Eckhart Tolle, and his kind of like teachings, and us, you know, looking to be more present in our lives, so we can actually enjoy what's around us. So yeah, I hope you guys have a really enjoy this one, and um, you get a lot out of it. Um, try and enjoy the pauses. Um, in between some of the words because I think that's what I'm beginning to realise now is that that's where is uh, maybe the magic lies from stuff. Often, like I talk at times quite fast and I don't like to have too long, too long of pauses between what I'm saying. So um, yeah, if I can, one thing I'm taking from this, can I just like learn to slow down a little bit and to, to enjoy them pauses? Um, so anyway, let's get into today's episode with Louise. I just want to touch on how I sort of like first got to sort of know about you and um, the synchronicities that sort of brought that about and and that's just something that I try to bring through a little bit more and the things that I'm talking about is just this thing of like about allowing and trusting how things will unfold and, and just trusting like the magic of life really rather than feeling like we have to control everything. And I remember just watching a video of you on YouTube and I think it was just some audio clip and it wasn't even, it was actually named someone else. And then I scrolled down and said in the comments, so oh, this isn't such and such, this is Louise Kay. And I was like, oh, who's Louise Kay? So just did a little search and popped up. And then lo and behold, you were coming back to the country and you were doing a, like a winter solstice event. And then that just was like perfect, just perfect timing. And then I've been along to another one of yours um, again, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, and again, that just, just the way it unfolds is really nice. And again, you come here today. I remember thinking, I asked you, would you like to come on my podcast? And I was thinking, I'll, I'll maybe fly to Amsterdam to see you, or if you're around there. And then you're like, oh, I'm back in the country, would you like to catch up? I'm like, yeah, brilliant. So, and I've really just enjoyed sort of um, seeing how you've evolved over, even in the short time since I, yeah. I last seen you. Um, and it's almost like this deeper presence within you and just this awareness and you know you've transitioned quite a bit but what I'd like to talk about or ask you anyway so people who will be coming across you for the first time will see that maybe you know you you're running retreats you're traveling around Europe and the world doing these things and you're, you're doing certain sessions and you're very much like you know a spiritual teacher in many ways but like all of us on our path it's not started out that way so I'd like to find out a little bit of you know how that sort of like began for you and rewind the clock a little bit and if you can share a bit on that it would be lovely yeah how much do you want to rewind well it would be interesting to know particular times or moments where you became really aware that you had to make some like significant mm. changes because you've had some new awareness to mm. to the way life is yeah so the the first big thing that happened in my life that opened something new was when I started to, I was in my early 20s and started to experience what people call ESP, which is extrasensory perception. And 
I think the first thing that happened was um, I started to experience sleep paralysis. And for people that don't know what that is, it, it often happens when you're having a nap in the afternoon. So I would take a nap and lie on the sofa and I would wake up and my body stayed asleep. And it was a very frightening experience because I never heard of sleep paralysis and I didn't know what was happening. And I actually thought that I died the first time it happened. And it was, I couldn't move my body. Um, so I did a bit of research online and I found out that it's this phenomena. And after that started, more and more things in this world, this new realm, which you could call the realm of multidimensionality, started to spontaneously open up. So I started to experience out-of-body experiences at night in my sleep coming out and flying around. And the reason why that was so profound for me is because I understood then that I'm not this body. This is like a temporary vehicle that I'm inhabiting. And what I am is this consciousness that doesn't have any form or any limitation. So that really opened something up. And when I was researching about energy and all these multidimensional things to try to understand my experience better, I was looking on the internet. Mm, I started to become fascinated by uh, chakras, what are chakras and uh, auras, m many new concepts that I'd never heard of before and I couldn't get enough. I was just reading and, and somehow I came across the book The Power of Now and when I read that book that was another um, thing that had a really big impact on my experience and that was the first time uh, it's a book by Eckhart Tolle for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, and that was the first time through reading that book that I experienced a kind of separation from the mind through his pointings in the book to be able to observe the mind. And I think what happened is the mind was observing itself, but some space, some more consciousness had come into the experience and it's a very powerful book I mean I still read that book and every time I read it it's like reading a new book it's there's some kind of transmission in that book it, it feels very powerful um, and I jump ahead a little bit I started doing yoga and meditating um, and uh, I went to India for the first time and uh, I was going to satsang in India which is a kind of meeting with a spiritual teacher where you you sit and they speak and give you pointings and it was about non-duality and the teacher was guiding us to recognize the true self and I was just following the pointings and that's when there was the experience of transcendence beyond even the observing mind to the, the pure awareness that we are. 
and really that changed everything. Um, before that India trip I was working as a, an English teacher and after that experience something in me shifted and there was a knowing that's not my path anymore. But I didn't know what the new path was, I just knew it wasn't that. So I one day was meditating and I made a prayer and I've told this story quite a few times before so people that have been following my work have probably heard it already, you, you too probably. So I was meditating and I made a prayer, please uh, show me what, how, how do you want to express through this vehicle? Um, and it was a moment of total surrender for me where I really felt in my heart that I wanted to live in alignment with truth, not from my own egoic mind and my ideas of what I want, just whatever this higher power wants to express through me, I, I made myself available. And the next day actually, I was meditating again and I went into a very deep meditation, I was lying down and it felt like something opened up here and just instinctively I knew that I was channeling, I'd come across the phenomenon of channeling before and I'd listened to some channelers, but I knew it was happening and I felt this information wanting to come through. But it felt like I needed somebody to ask a question to draw it out. And right at that moment, my partner Gilad came in the room. So I was kind of in a bit of an altered state of consciousness in this meditation. and. Uh, I couldn't speak properly, just in a in like a whisper. I said, "Ask me a question." <laughs> so of course he didn't understand what was going on, and uh, I said again, "Ask me a question." And he he's like, "Louise, are you okay? What's going on? Are you alright?" Um, and I realized that he wasn't understanding my experience, and I didn't really feel in a place where I could explain it to him. So. I just came out of the meditation and I said, uh, channeling was happening, something wanted to come through. So the next day I decided to try again and meditate in the same way. And he was ready this time, he understood, he was there next to me. And um, the same thing happened and uh, that's when Icon came through, the Pleiadian non-physical beings that was channeling and that's how that started. And he asked questions and... In the beginning, I actually didn't make the connection to the prayer I'd made the day before. It was only later when I looked back because I didn't realize it was going to be my work. It was just something fun that was happening for us. But very quickly, uh, people I knew started asking, can I talk to Icon? And, and I put a few videos on YouTube and people were really interested. So it, it, it became a work and I was enjoying it very much. And that grew pretty fast and I, as I was doing that work and traveling and doing events, channeling, I was going through my own personal journey of deepening into presence and being and, and just noticing the conditioned behaviors that were still playing out and 
meeting the old traumas that were starting to bubble up in my system. And it was like a process of integration. And about, uh, I visited India again f- quite a few times, but about two years ago, um, I was back in India and there was a kind of deepening of that initial awakening experience and as that deepening happened it felt to me like uh, there was something new wanting to express itself and the channeling didn't really feel true anymore and I could feel the channeling like it was becoming more distant and this new energy was wanting to express just through Louise from my heart and the beings I was channeling icon actually spoke directly to me at that time and said we'll be leaving soon and I knew that already Uh, and it actually happened much faster than I expected I think maybe it was just a week or so later and at the time I was doing channeling group events in India and I had posters all around the town and so people were showing up every day I was channeling and and then one day suddenly okay it's time (laughs) and uh, I went to the group event and and, uh, the people showed up to see me channel and and I explained to them look uh, I'm not channeling anymore actually and I'm, I'm offering this something new now about presence and awakening and you're welcome to stay and we can explore this together and that was the first time I did this new work as a with a group and since then I've the the personal process continues and the integration continues and now I'm doing private sessions to support people on their own journeys and group events also and retreats Sounds like an interesting journey you've been on. Yeah, it's been incredibly transformative for me. And really experiencing the power of this practice of presence and allowing and just how profound it's been in my own experience and and knowing it, that that it's so effective. I want to support, share that with others and support them. So you had was it challenging to make the transition then from a, being a, a school teacher, um, English teacher to you know to or it just unfold naturally for you? Um, yeah, it felt like it unfolding naturally. When I look back now, it feels like my time as a teacher was almost like a preparation for the work I'm doing now because it's similar to teaching in a way and. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember when I first started teaching English. It was very difficult for me to stand in front of a group and speak, and practicing that helped me to overcome that fear of being self-conscious and what will people think of me and being judged. And I became comfortable with that already um, when I was teaching. So I feel like that helped me to work with groups of people and speak. Yeah, setting the scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes you haven't. 
you don't in the moment you don't have a clue what's gonna what's this setting you up for in the next 10 15 years that will be very useful for you yeah and even as a, as a child you, you know the things that you were interested in as a child I can relate to you know but you were passionate about making stuff whatever it is and how that it unfolds in a way is um, a bit of inspiration for you when you get a bit older yeah and it's really a lesson for us not to when something's happening in our, in our life not to interpret it with the mind and, and say this shouldn't be happening this not resist or fight it because in the moment we we can't see that bigger picture of what is going to unfold from that and when we embrace whatever comes and we allow it what i found even in the the challenges and the difficult times there's little nuggets of uh, diamonds and jewels that are that are unpackaged when we meet the challenge and embrace it rather than fight against it and experience stress around it and it's it's like life is supporting us to become more conscious it's guiding us it's showing us where those pockets of ego identification or unconsciousness still exist and it's painful when we have to look at that but if we look at it with the perception that everything is a gift for me and we ask oh what can I learn from this how is this supporting me what is life trying to show me then there are no challenges or there are challenges but there's no suffering with the challenge I heard uh, I don't remember who said it but uh, there's this line um, that I really like which says I'm, I'm grateful for everything I don't want to change anything I think yeah. that's really beautiful yeah that is beautiful it reminds me a little bit of uh, a quote that I've heard recently that um, everything is okay as long as that you're okay with everything <laughs> yeah that's a nice one um, and that came from uh, Michael Singer I've really just sort of he's like yeah he's my new guru at the moment okay and he, um, he, he's written a few books one's called The Untethered Soul and the other one's The Surrender Experiment and he talks about how his life has unfolded for the past 40 years by surrendering to everything mm. um, he said often in his mind I'd be like no don't do that you don't want to do that don't do this this is going to happen and he's like no this is showing up in my life for a reason Mm-hmm. and I've just got to go with it and uh, yeah it's um, it's an absolutely beautiful book it's the, actually it's the only book that I've read that as soon as I've finished I've turned right the way back to the beginning and started again oh really and it's just it's had such a profound effect on me and I'm getting sort of like tingles now just thinking about it um, and it's taken me to a deeper level of all the stuff that you said before you had the awareness that you were watching the mind but was it the mind watching the mind? And then there's so many levels to go up to. And I realise that I've almost not been stuck, but I've been at a certain level, thinking that I'm at a certain place and everything's going to flow and working. But actually, I was still controlling that yeah. in many ways. And, and then just recently, even just the past month, I've really just been doing my best to just let go. And the, the idea that I, I talk about it to some people is, 
when you were a kid and you might go to say a water park and you've got like them shoots that you'll go in and they'll be all swirly and you'd end your way and you come out at the side at the bottom and now you can you can do that two ways you can either just let go and you can totally enjoy the ride and have the best time ever and jump out into the water or you can be like holding onto the side and yeah. pulling yourself up <laughs> and and having all this tension in in your body and holding on for for like because you're terrified of what's ahead because you can't see what's ahead oh, i love that analogy rob it's really like yeah. how we can experience life so that's what i'm doing at the moment now and it's funny because when i was younger um one of my less strongest memories of being on a family trip with my family as we we went to a, a water park and it was one of the, it's one of the best memories as a child for me being in a water park um, so i think that's the reason why that memory is so strong for me so i can use that analogy now yeah but it's but from an ego point of view it's not easy to let go is it, it for the ego it just it wants to fight for its survival and it wants to feel it's in control and it wants to feel safe and secure and it wants to know what's happening what's going to happen in the future but the truth is that's all an illusion actually and even if we think we know what's going to happen by um, planning every single moment of our life i'm going to do this 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 and then we feel a fabricated sense of security it's not the truth because life is actually the the power that's in control and we don't know what will happen and w- when we live in that uh, constricted state of, of fear it's coming from fear really fearing what will happen then it brings us suffering because we identify with all the thoughts that appear or oh, what if this happens and we worry about the future and most of our suffering comes from this worrying which are just thought forms that don't mean anything because it might not even happen and once we see that and and the silliness of it and even the sweetness of it we we can bring our attention to this place of peace where we can find all the security and safety that we need by recognizing everything is okay right here in this moment right now all is well and bringing our attention to that and when people start to meditate or open to this presence often there's an expectation that I'm just going to experience peace now and they might experience some peace but what's inevitable is that the ego mind is going to start to fight for its survival and it's going to bring up what we could call like mind attacks trying to pull us from that and the more that we practice vigilance with staying present the more we can allow the light of consciousness to shine on these mind attacks and each time we don't react we just stay here and notice the thoughts trying to pull us into in the imaginary future or worry each time we stay here 
that ego diminishes a little bit more, loses its power a little bit more. And all of the pain that we experienced in our past, especially in our childhood and very uh, early life, it also starts to bubble up in this light of consciousness because there's pockets of tension buried deep, deep in our system from the pain we felt as children that we weren't able to meet and process. And it has to come out to allow more light to enter. And it's like this clearing out process and the condition patterns fall away and the emotional traumas bubble up and the light of consciousness just holds it all and it can be uncomfortable actually because we have to feel this, the layers of sadness, the anger, everything we didn't feel, we have to feel it all. But it's okay when we understand the process that's happening and as that releases that's when we experience transformation on the human level and the way that we relate with life and perceive life and relate with other people begins to change and there's more compassion the heart starts to open and we feel love towards each other and we start to get in touch with that which we're naturally in touch with as children which is the beauty and joy of life if you watch children they're just excited about everything look a flower wow and we can connect with that again and and we can see that this essence, uh, this love, is imbued in everything, every plant, every tree, and even every person. So we can feel that it's really just me, because I am that actually. I'm not the conditioned mind or the, the sense of a separate self, of Louise or I. I'm something much bigger actually, I'm the universe, I'm, I'm everything and that everything is expressing through here and it's expressing through here so really I'm just communicating with myself yeah. and, and then when we're experiencing that it's very nourishing for us because that's what we're all longing for actually to really be seen by another, to, to have our beauty seen, to, to be felt by the other and because we're not in touch with that naturally we close off to it at a young age um, we're trying to fabricate that connection in, in unhealthy ways by trying to put other people down so I feel a sense of worth or by trying to impress people by showing off so that I feel that I'm lovable and when we see all these patterns playing out and they fall away then we can access the true deeper love and it, it just starts to flow where love is flowing with love loving itself I once heard somebody say it's a beautiful expression and that's what's nourishing for us that's what's nurturing and when we're connected to that we don't need to seek happiness anymore in getting a house, getting a partner, getting fame, getting success, wherever we're trying to find that feeling, we can just let go and, and feel, oh, it's already here. <laughs> mm. 
and and ironically when we do that the things that we thought we needed to experience happiness when we don't need them anymore because we've let go they just kind of show up magically It's, it's so true, isn't it? You notice that you're doing now a lot of work, and you talked on it then about, you know, a lot of, um, like, the body is holding a lot of this trauma mm. in us from childhood, past lives, teenage years. It could be something that happened yesterday. Mm. It's like, I heard this, I think it's a book, I'm not sure it's by, it's like, but the body keeps the score. And it's important that we can... Um, yeah, if we can do our best to release that. And I notice that you're doing stuff, a lot of work around emotional trauma. Yeah, it's a big part of my work. I found that the foundation, really, for the integration is, first of all, to recognise our true self, what I call our true self. So we investigate our own direct experience letting go of all concepts of the mind, all beliefs, everything we studied, just approaching it from, I know nothing, who am I? And then we really have a look at that, who am I actually? And the first thing that usually comes for people is, well, I'm Louise, I'm Rob. But what's that? That's just a word. It's just a name that our parents chose. What is this deeper feeling of me? Well, I'm this body. I'm my thoughts. And then we investigate that. Is it true actually that I am my thoughts? Because, or I am my beliefs and I'm the things I like. And if we have a look closely, we find that these things are actually changing all the time. And if it's true that I am these things, then when it changed, I, I actually wouldn't exist. But there's something that's not changing. So when I was a child and I liked My Little Ponies, and something knew that, something was aware of that, or when I was experiencing happiness or sadness, something was aware. Happiness is being experienced now. And that which is aware is exactly the same now and it's never changed and it can't change actually. So we start by investigating that and that allows us to disidentify from this false self, this egoic self that we've been building up actually over these years and it's been wanting to get bigger and grander by getting more awards, more certificates, more um, qualifications, anything to enhance it so it feels bigger and better. And disidentification from that can happen instantly. That doesn't take any time at all. It's just a recognition of what is already here beyond that. And it's very simple to notice it. You just need to come to a place of being. And when a thought arises, just notice what's there after the thought and before the next thought. So there's two thoughts and there's this space in between. That's it. <laughs> That's the awareness in which 
all the emotions are passing through. So there, there's an analogy of uh, there's a few nice analogies that I like to describe this. There's one of the TV screen where the, the screen of the TV is never changing actually, but the movie it it changes all the time and if you go close to the screen and you touch it you'll see it's just a screen and that's like awareness and the experiences are changing what I see right now how this appears around me it's changing it's different from five minutes ago ten minutes ago and awareness is like the screen that's just noticing everything coming through like visitors and this awareness doesn't have any agenda it doesn't care so it's always at peace and if I believe I'm this that's happening then it's going to be like this I'm happy because life's going good oh I'm sad terrible things are happening I'm happy I'm sad I'm happy I'm sad when I see ah, I'm not that that's the experience that's happening and awareness is here happiness sadness that's okay happiness that's okay sadness that's okay here is peace all the time and not trying to make the happiness stay because that creates stress because the nature of this the very nature of it is change we can't hold on to anything it's going to change whether we like it or not so like you said on the slide it's holding on or just letting go what comes comes and there's another nice analogy which is um the analogy of the sky. The sky is always the same and it doesn't care if there's no clouds, if there's light, cute, fluffy clouds or if there's dark, stormy clouds and it seems like the sky is not even there anymore. It's still there. So we're like the sky and the emotions, the thoughts, the experiences are like the clouds passing through, moving. And we just keep our attention here and everything's always okay. So it's very simple once we understand this and really not just try to understand it on a mental level because then it becomes another concept. To really look into our own experience and really ask, who am I? And once we established ourselves as I am awareness and disidentified from this character that we're playing there's nothing wrong with the character once we know that we're awareness we can actually enjoy even more playing the character because it's like a game or it's like we're playing in a dream and then we can really have fun with it and we know it's not really the truth of who i am it's something it's a temporary expression like everything else so then we drop the attention into the body and the awareness is not limited to the body if you try to locate awareness you can't catch it you can't find it you can't touch it it just is and we allow ourselves to drop into the body and feel the felt sensations as the body and that's when we start to go deeper it's like if, if you imagine the ocean, if you're on the surface where there's a lot of waves, um, it's very choppy and 
it seems like this wave is separate from this wave. So this would be me and you and lots of other waves. And if we only keep our attention there on the surface of the ocean, it seems like that's the only reality there is. But if we go deeper, we realize, ah, oh, this wave I thought was you and me, it's the same water. And underneath, it's, it's a stillness, a vastness, um, a peace. It's quiet as you sink deeper. So we sink our attention deeper. And we open up to the inner body that we might not even have been aware of when we were caught up in the mind. We start to notice, oh, there's a contraction, there's a, there's a feeling of anxiousness that's been underlying my whole experience and all my interactions in life. And then we can get curious about it and ask, what is this anxiousness or whatever it is, fear? And we approach it from the space of curiosity and there's no idea that we have to fix it, we have to heal anything, we have to change anything. Just curiosity, what is this? We go closer to it and we investigate it. It's, it's wanting some attention and we just allow it to very gently be felt and just go into the sensations with our attention and we find that it's just energy and when we open up to feeling this energy the energy is able to relax from its state of contraction and then it flows freely and it releases sometimes there's even a jolt in the body and you feel the energy go out and it's, it's a process of allowing all these tight parts, these contracted parts to open and the energy to flow more freely again and sometimes as we meet these deeper um, blocked energies in memories sometimes come up that are connected to it, we might remember something that happened as a child that was a kind of trauma for us even though if you told somebody what happened, they'd say, oh, it's not a big deal. But for a sensitive child, something can really be very painful. And the memories might come up and we can understand why we have certain behaviors in our life. These are protection mechanisms that we developed that, that helped us to survive, to, to get through the pain that we felt of not experiencing mature unconditional love from our parents for example yeah as you're talking for that it's just taking me into my body and yeah. feeling the resistance that I'll have and certain bits of pain and stuff I'm interested to hear so so for some people who may be going through what considered to be a really challenging time now very emotionally emotionally charged the life circumstances are hugely challenging. They could have a challenging job, lots of children to look after, you know, feel like they're constantly just like chasing and running through the day. And I mean, what would you say to someone, someone like that who's, who just feels completely overwhelmed mm. and 
is so attached with the physical mind, the ego, and not seeing anything. And because then also you've got the outside world with the news and everything that's going on politically and stuff that just completely they, it is on the waves and they're just getting crashed. Wave after wave is yeah. just like it's taking them out. Yeah. For someone who might not be thinking of this way, you know, it's a way to yeah. help them. So what usually happens when the the situation of life is challenging and overwhelming is the mind starts telling a story about what's happening. And in the beginning, we're not even aware that this mind program is running because we're identified with it. So the first thing is just to, just out of curiosity, start to watch your thoughts and start to become aware of what story your mind is playing. It's like a, a record playing and usually it's the same record played again and again and again. It's like, a, what do they call it? And it's on one track. On repeat. On repeat. Yeah. yeah, the same track on repeat. And just see what your track is. So the mind, actually, the ego mind, the one that gets a sense of a separate self, it, it might sound strange at first, but it enjoys negativity. And it even gets a sense of neg- uh, sense of self and feeling good from stress and negativity. So it likes to complain, for example. And when it's complaining, it feels good about complaining. Oh, did you see what she did this morning? It's just ridiculous. Look at that. I can't believe that. Can you believe that? And it, it talks to other people. And it's the mind talking to the other's mind. And it's like the minds are playing together and enjoying feeding this negativity into each other. And it interprets what's happening to us in a negative way, as though we're totally powerless and life is just, bad things are happening to me, I'm a victim to life. And it gets a sense of self from being the biggest victim. And it likes to even tell other people, oh, do you know what happened to me? This happened to me and and complaining about my life, complaining about anything that it can find to complain about. So when you become aware of this track that's playing, the first thing is just to notice, okay, something's interpreting what's happening in a negative way. And it's that interpretation that's causing the suffering. If we just eliminate all the thoughts and mental interpretations of the situation, if we take that out of the equation, the only thing that's left is the situation itself, which just is, it's not good or bad, and sensations in the body. And if we let go of any idea that it should be different, all suffering is instantly gone because we surrender to it and we're allowing what is. Okay, overwhelm is here. I'm just going to allow myself to be overwhelmed. When overwhelm happens, the mind jumps in and it says, I shouldn't be feeling overwhelmed. 
It means I'm weak. It means my life's a mess. And it tells a story about the experience. And it's not actually the experience that's causing the suffering. It's the story that's telling, that's causing the suffering. And we can take the story out of the equation and just have a look. Okay, how does overwhelm feel in the body? And it probably feels like some kind of tightness. And then we can just create some space around that and breathe into it and bring some space to it. It's okay that I feel overwhelmed. Anybody would feel overwhelmed in this situation. It is overwhelming. And be gentle with ourselves. We many times really are quite violent with ourselves, the way that we even relate to our own inner experience. The mind will say, I'm not good enough, or people don't like me, or I I shouldn't be feeling this way, I should be doing better. And it's not necessary. We We can't necessarily stop those thoughts in the beginning, but just noticing them brings more consciousness to our experience. And when there's more consciousness, that when we practice being present and observing in this way that just grows and grows and the unconscious parts those mind patterns on repeat they start to dissolve and we can use little tricks in the beginning that can be helpful like when we notice there's a negative thought saying oh um I'm not good enough, I'm going to switch that around and replace it with a positive thought, I'm doing my best. And just notice that it affects how you feel inside. If you interpret the reality in a negative way, you'll start to feel heavier and depressed. And if you change the way consciously that you're interpreting it and say, oh, well, it's like this. Uh, maybe if I can make some change, I'll, I'll try to make some change. But if that's not possible for me right now, I won't fight it. I'll just accept that it's like this and enjoy it the best I can. It's already lighter and it feels lighter inside of us. So this is, this is one thing that they can do. And the other thing that I would recommend to people is any moment that they have spare and I know a lot of people are super super busy but everyone can find just a few moments when you're like sat in the car at a traffic light or um, even when you're chopping the carrots to make the dinner or even just sitting on the toilet any moment just to bring your attention to the breath and breathe in and breathe out And just doing that for a few moments brings a sense of peace and calmness to the system. And just take the attention out of the mind for a moment and bring it to the breath. Because usually when we're chopping the carrots or we're waiting at the traffic light in the car, what's happening is the mind is running these programs. And we're chopping the carrot and the mind's saying, Okay, when I've made the dinner, I need to get the kids to do their homework. And then and, and we're not present here. All our attention's in this stress in the mind. 
and it doesn't help us in any way. So by bringing attention to the breath, the, the attention is distracted from the mind and it allows it to quieten down a bit. And just this practice, whenever you can, can bring those few moments of peace, of calmness. And it's a good place to start. It's a beautiful place to start. It's interesting when you say, you know, if it's pulling up at the traffic lights or, you know, you've got them on the toilet or you're doing the food, it can often feel like maybe when you have them moments in the day where there's a little bit of quietness, that can be the time when, oh, I'm going to go for people, I'll go for my phone. Mm-hmm. I'll, oh, I need some food. I'll have some food. I'll have a drink. And it, you, when just constantly running and chasing from each thing to the next and even as we open the fridge to get that drink we're thinking about the thing that we have to do after that yeah it's it's like you said it's, it's really is it's true suffering suffering is in the mind it's not what's going on outside of us and even things sometimes you know you get into the shower and you'll be having a nice shower yet you, your mind isn't allowing you to have a nice shower it's thinking about everything that happened yesterday all the things that you've got to do today other stuff yeah conflict good bad stuff and you can feel like I just could have enjoyed a really nice shower <laughs> but I've been doing it more often and then just having them moments where because when you're in that place you're not even feeling the water on you mm. and it's literally you, you, everything's just like one task and we have to complete this task and then we have to complete this task and life becomes a drag and how beautiful just to f- feel the water on our skin and and even just putting the soap, washing our body, it can be like really healing, connecting with ourselves and even saying, wow, I love you, thank thank you, arm. I'm grateful I've got an arm, some people don't have one. Mm-hmm. And wow, I've got washing the face, wow, I've got two eyes, I can see, what a gift. And then we're experiencing life from a place of gratitude and, and we're focusing our attention on what we're grateful for and the heart starts to open up and we start to feel more joy and love naturally just by shifting our attention from the negative things and if you want to find them you'll find them they're everywhere to the positive things and if you want to find them you'll find them so really that power comes from inside of us and yes. we can choose to enjoy every single moment even just waiting for the bus I, I discovered at some point that waiting is a very interesting concept because it's a mental idea that this moment's n- not worth worthwhile anything and i need to try to get to that moment in the future and there's even an interesting movie by adam sandler i don't know if you've seen it i think it's called click no not coming across uh, it and it's, it's, uh, it's based on this profound concept that a lot of us experience of wanting to jump to the future. So he, he's excited about like a football game. I don't remember exactly what it is because um, it's a long time ago since I saw it. But he, he wants it to be the time when the football game starts and he's got to wait a few hours. So he gets this uh, magic power and he can press a remote and jump to the future. So he presses click so he doesn't have to wait anymore. And then after the game, he, he wants to get to the next thing and he keeps clicking, clicking and jumping to the future. 
and then he gets to the end and he realises, oh, I missed all my life. I'm going to die now. And for many people, life can be like that, where it's just the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, and there's only one direction we're heading in. The journey is the destination. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and and I often think now because I've been just like feel like I've gone a level deeper on stuff of like the past month or so to realise that how much of my entire life has been just purely been created for my ego, like, and you can see particularly when it comes to possessions and what you want to put out to the outside world, and it becomes exhausting. Yeah, holding that together. And then the things that you own end up owning you. And all of a sudden you can be like, that's why I think maybe like you were saying at one point, you know, you were a teacher and then you had this transformation, this new awareness and you want to shift in a different direction. That can be the case for, you know, a lot of us and some people could be way further on in their life and all of a sudden they're married, they're not happy in the marriage, they've got, all, they've created all this stuff, they're in a career that they don't like, everything around them, expensive house, cars. It's like, wow, but this isn't, this isn't what's, this isn't what my heart is calling for me. Yeah. And then you've got to unravel all that stuff. And I wonder how many of us are, are constantly just creating from, from our, you know, our ego. And, you know, it's going to be a significant amount. And particularly when you look at, say, the politicians and people that maybe are perceived to be our leaders. Um, you know, again, all that, like, and most of them are just scared little boys and girls yeah. who have not been given the unconditional love that they needed growing up and um, and, and you just think god it's it's a, in a way it's a mess but it's a beautiful mess and this is the point now where we've got a yeah where we are unraveling it and maybe that's why things appear to be more of a mess because often like i often use this analogy when you want to transform do you remember the things when we were younger the transformers like a car would turn into octopus prime when you want to transform to something that bit in between it's really messy. It's yeah. like you, because you're not quite clear what that thing's gonna be. Yeah. But you know you can't go back. But then sometimes <laughs> when you transform, you're like I'm going back. I'm yeah. going back. I don't want to take that leap into the unknown. Sometimes, so. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at the global situation, often it seems like there's parallels to the the personal experience of. Um, these old emotions and traumas bubbling up in order to be seen and released and it seems like on the collective level there's a lot of uh, issues that were repressed before for example one is sexuality it was really repressed and and then we see um, a conflict or something bubbling up um, and it looks like uh, messy on the surface and it's actually allowing us to process the unhealthy patterns of the past in order to release them and it seems like one of the issues we're exploring now is polarities so you see in many countries uh, really extreme right perspectives and in politics and extreme left and I think we're exploring the, the concept of division and separation. And maybe we need to go through that in order to transcend it and realize that we're all one and we all want the same, actually. We all want to feel happy. 
wh whatever we're doing, even if somebody is uh, creating nuclear missiles, whatever we're doing, it's because we think that is going to bring us a sense of peace and happiness. And when we really see that, then actually we see a kind of innocence in evil because evil is just unmet pain and unconsciousness trying to resolve itself somehow and there's not a knowing in the system of how to meet that pain and it's a kind of survival mode the person's suffering and they're just trying to do their best to find a way whether it's robbing a bank killing another person then I'll get my revenge and I'll feel a sense of peace it's all coming from pain and beyond that pain is the person's true essence their, their true beauty who they were as a baby every single baby if you look into their eyes you can see there's just pure love and innocence and openness there's no evilness there And when you realise as well, people who may perceive to be doing some horrendous things, whether it's you know murder, um, the child abuse, them things, you realise that you know when you say that you know it, they're just hurting, and that happened to them when they were younger, and that might have happened so far down that lineage that it's just playing out over and over. So yeah. it's not their fault. It's not even the one before that. So if we can recognise that and be in that place of of loving support yeah. and allowing them to do it, of course there needs to be certain things in place. Um, but if we can see things, and when you talk about polarity, it's what comes to mind for me for that, yet yeah, so apparent, isn't it? If that, particularly in this country, say, with Brexit, it's so divided. Um, and the people on one side just will not even consider, like listening to the other side and there's a really good podcast from Russell Brand and I can't remember the full name lady's name Candy something um, I'll put a link to it and them two he's left he's more like a left liberal and she's like a, a right wing American and they've got such different views yet they're sitting down for an hour and a half and talking about them mm. and embracing the differences and acknowledging the other person for their opinion and allowing them a space to speak and the other person's listening and yeah. I think we can all learn huge a huge amount from just sitting down just like listening to someone because we can surround yeah. ourselves with, in a safe bubble with people with our same opinion but what what are we going to grow from that are we going to mm -hmm. learn more we've got to put ourselves in situations or be able to listen to other people who are not, and that's a really good example that that um, video. And actually, Eckhart Tolle referenced it. He talked about that about them mm. um, having really watched it and listened to it, and we'd listened to it as well. And it's a really amazing thing. And more of us that can can be like that. Then, well, we'll move through the the resistance and the conflict. Yeah. Much more harmonious. Yeah, and then we we instead of becoming making the other an enemy just because they have a different perspective. We, we realize that no it's 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 my friend and it's okay if they believe differently than me they don't have to become my enemy or the other one or the wrong one and we we can really learn a lot from listening like you said and one of the things that i learned from my is 
um, what he teaches about the concept of listening. He said when somebody else is talking, generally what happens is in our head we're just planning what we're going to say next when they finished and that's not listening. And one of the really nice practices that he recommends is when we're talking to people just to be fully present with them as they're speaking and when I started doing that I really experienced a, a very big shift in the way I was having conversations and relating with people and it brings more openness and we can receive gifts from everybody everyone that comes to us is like a teacher for us with a gift if we have the eyes to see what they're bringing and and like you said um, to really listen and not be so attached to our own idea of I'm right just to be open maybe I can learn something and then we don't need to fight for our position because the ego gets its sense of self from what it believes in and it has to be right because if I find out I'm wrong then basically I'm dead I'm eliminated so it's fighting for its survival and just to know that okay this what I believe in is nothing to do with this true self-awareness and if that changes I'm not gonna die actually I'm still here it can change it's okay my identity my sense of self is not coming from my beliefs or my opinions Yeah, it's so um, so true. Like you saying that to me about you know, most of us were in the conversation and we're either not even listening or we are listening a bit, but we're instantly thinking of our comeback yeah. of how we're going to say. It. And particularly if it's a challenging conversation, you and you can feel it in your body. It's like it's building up, and you're just waiting for that moment where you can you can. Put, but even you know we're sat here talking and and you're saying stuff, and then little things are popping into my mind, and I'm like. I should say this next, or this and this, and I'm like, no, just just listen. And then when that space comes for me to speak, I'll know what to say without having to pre-plan yeah. it. And then what you say comes from a deeper wisdom because it comes from the the space beyond the mind, and we don't think it; we just be. And then the right words just arise naturally, spontaneously. It's not coming from me anymore. It's coming from the the deeper intelligence. What a place to live from and to be from. Yeah. And then you feel much less pressure because you'll know what you need to say and you'll know what you need to do in your life yeah. when that moment arises. Yeah. And like I'm a, I'm a designer and I used to, at art college, I'd, create this these artworks and it used to I always remember this because I'd sit down and with one particular one I was just given this space by the teacher to go into this room and just be on my own for the day and I didn't have a clue what I was going to create at the beginning I was just looking around for objects to use and then all of a sudden it's one of the nicest things I've ever done when I was about 19 and I always harbour back to that thinking I didn't have a clue what I was going to do I didn't plan it I just showed up and I picked up what was in front of me and then allowed it to just come into form where now I'm not I, I need to 
just remember that more and remember that things can be so much more amazing than what we can imagine them to be yeah yeah it's just it's really nice just sat down and just talking to you and just that's what I love about doing this podcast and you'll have it with the things that you'll do you know your retreats and your events and sitting down with people you just you can really be present for something like how often would a lot of people I'm getting to interview I don't how else would I sit down with them for an hour an hour and a half mm. um, without you know outside distractions or whatever or getting to have really interesting conversations and so yeah, I'm blessed I'm grateful mm. and that's it, something just to be nice to talk about it's just you know you've mentioned it a few times but gratitude yeah. wow it just shifts you doesn't it something that we do quite regularly is um, before we'll go to sleep we'll say what are three things that we're grateful for today oh that's a beautiful practice yeah. And it, we started it actually when we were in holiday a few years ago. And it, it can be very easy when you're on holiday. You go, oh, well, we went down to the beach today and we, someone bought us a nice meal. But even in the most mundane, natural days, there's always something. And often yeah. mine tend to be around our pets. Mm. Like just picking them up mm. and having them around. And the simple thing, something like, you know, you talked about it before when you're in the shower and you're touching the skin we've got we've got everything that we need yeah it's all in front of us and especially the way we live now with technology we have got everything it's there already for yeah. us yeah it's only for the ego mind that it's never enough even if we get the bigger house if we get the second car whatever it thinks that we need to get that sense of it's enough now it can never be satisfied it's like uh, a bottomless pit it always needs more and more and more and when we stop trying to get more and we stop trying to create in life from that place of lack and neediness i need more i need more then we realize that everything we need is already here and this moment has everything and that's where the natural joy and gratitude and happiness comes from and it's so simple it's just by stopping we see it's it's all here (laughs) i know i know and and when you you kind of get it and you have them feelings of wow you talked actually about being in india and one of my first times of actually feeling that true awareness that um, this the magic of the moment was um, actually after it, from Eckhart Tolle as well we were in India and this guy David passed the book to me Eckhart Tolle's book and I read it and I just had this moment on the beach where wow I could just feel everything and it was it was absolutely magical mm. and that's the all the time and I've been ignore I'd been ignoring it for 29 years and there it was all along and and I remember getting the feeling of that and the taste of it, thinking, wow, I want more of that. But then yeah. part of that was my ego saying, I want more of that, I want to experience more yeah. of that. And then I wouldn't get it. Because, because of that. Even though I, yeah. I didn't know it was coming from my ego, I'm thinking, oh, that's coming, you know, so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, like uh, the spiritual ego then starts to sneak in the back door. And yeah. I need to meditate more. I need to... It's always about more. Yeah. Yeah. Just noticing that like you did. We see the 
the sweetness of it. We don't need to make the ego even an enemy or another. It's another form of division and there's me and the ego. Just to notice that and see it for what it is. And even that's not a problem. The ego can express its thoughts, its opinions, but we don't give any power to it because there's the sweet, sweet, innocent ego trying to control or maybe it's like a little child that feels scared it feels like it doesn't have enough yeah. and then just bringing the attention back to the heart and oh, it's okay actually that that's here it's okay that fear is here whatever is here is okay mm-hmm. and really learning to be gentle with ourselves because if we can't be gentle with our own inner experience how can we be gentle with other people so we cultivate this compassion and this gentleness that naturally arises out of the clear seeing when more consciousness opens up and the way that we relate with other people is more from heart-centered and rather than ego and separation and we're more gentle with them and, and that's actually nourishing for their system and it can have a positive impact on other people's lives without us even having that agenda. It just happens naturally because this love wants to overflow. It wants to express itself in kindness and compassion. And it's not coming from a mental idea that, oh, to be a good person and to have value, I have to be kind and compassionate. We just let go of all ideas of how we should be and in the spaciousness, those qualities naturally arise because they are the qualities of the divine, what you might call God. I don't like to use that word too much because of all the connotations around it, but God, love, the universe, it's all the same thing. And it wants to express through us when we allow it, when we can let go and say, okay, I'll just see what happens if I let go of my mind's agendas of how things be. Try it out for an experiment and see how life can change so magically. Yeah. That idea of trying it out, we've got nothing to lose. Even if you said, you know, for the next 30 days, um, yeah, I'm going to surrender more. I'm going to let go. I'm going to say yes to stuff that maybe there's a part of me that doesn't want to do it. Yeah. I'm just going to, if them situations show up, I'm just going to see if I can go more with with the flow. Yeah, and when challenging or what we call negative emotions arise, like a, a feeling of sadness or emptiness or loneliness or boredom, instead of going for the phone or the chocolate and the cookies or the glass of wine, just sit down and just... Say yes to it and be gentle with that feeling and let it be felt and give space to it. And it's magical, really, how we can experience transformation when we do that. Because you can feel like, well, the mind feels like the transformation, the change comes from the next thing or the next idea. That will then help you to, to get what you think that you want. But like you say, it's like, no take a pause, take a breath Could just take a moment um, yeah. it's a spiritual cliche but really it's the truth that 
everything is inside of us. Even Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. And it doesn't really make sense to the mind, it's inside of me. But what it means actually is just to slow everything down and feel the inner experience and become aware of the inner experience and the energies and for people that are new to this they, they might not even understand what I'm talking about and one of the first um, practices that I did is one that's in that book The Power of Now um, and Eckhart Tolle says just bring your attention into your hand close your eyes and see how, how do I know my hand is there and you know it's there because you can feel it you can feel some sensations like maybe some tingling or some heat and the more we practice doing that the more we become conscious and present in the body so what happens when we experience a lot of painful emotions as a child we bring our attention out of the body as a way not to feel the pain and all that attention gets focused up here in the mind and we're just experiencing this and if if you have um, bare feet or you take your shoes off and just feel the sensation of your feet connected to the grass or the floor it brings that energy back down into the body and at first it's like oh this feels a bit yucky this feels uncomfortable but we have to go through that that's like a doorway into a deeper part of ourself and as we allow it and open to these contractions and painful and pleasant feelings then we become deeper and deeper and more present in the body so now that you've got this awareness and this new this way of being are you able to like live from this all the time or do you still feel you get pulled back into some old patterns? Um, I don't feel like there's ever a point where, okay, I'm there, this is it. And I feel like if there's an idea or a sense for anyone that I've made it, I'm enlightened or I've achieved it, then that's coming from ego because it's a, it's a continuous process and it's an ongoing process and you have to stay vigilant every single moment. Somebody asked, there's a teacher called Papaji and somebody asked him, uh, I don't remember the question, but it was something similar and he said, I, I have to stay vigilant until the day I die. Uh, because if we don't keep our attention here, that mind will jump in and pull us. And for me, it feels like an ongoing process and it doesn't seem that there's ever going to be an end to that process. And that's okay because there's no idea that there's somewhere to get to. Any idea that you have to get there where the process is finished comes from the mind. So it's more like... A, and allowing and the process happening by itself. Mm, I think for me and 
everybody else the most challenging situation is when we're with our closest family members because uh, also with our partner because these close relationships are the ones that touch the deepest pains inside of ourselves and that's actually the gift when we experience these challenges with our family when we get triggered when some pain in us gets triggered and there's a lot of emotion rising up it's an opportunity for healing and for deepening and for meeting the pain and it's an opportunity not to move into a place of blame and projecting our pain onto the other one so you have to change so that I don't feel like this but instead taking responsibility for what feelings are coming up in me and meeting it with gentleness inside of myself and when we don't project and move into this battling and arguments more space opens up and then we're able to see actually what's playing out we can see on a deeper level the patterns that are playing out why we're behaving and relating in this way and if there's not love then most likely there's fear we can see what the fears are and when we see the fear in ourselves, we can hold space for that and hold that pain that we feel and when we see fear in the other we can also feel compassion for them because we know that they're not intentionally trying to hurt us there's just not enough consciousness there to do any differently because nobody's trying to be mean or nasty to the, their family and the people that they love. I heard one teacher saying, um, we don't wake up in the morning and, and ask ourselves, I don't know, how, how can I hurt my family the most today? What can I do to bring them the most suffering? It's just unconscious patterns playing out and when we see the innocence in it, we can just be, we don't need to react, instead we just respond. Oh, it's interesting that you feel like that. Um, I don't agree with you, but that's okay. And uh, I love you. And instantly, it's all diffused. Yeah. Many times the person just wants to be heard, they want to be felt, they want to be seen. And when we're able to hold space for our own inner experience, we develop a bigger capacity to hold space for those around us when an upset's happening in their system. We just stay still. Beautiful. It's gone so nice, this. It's really had a completely different flow to any other interview that I've done. So you're back in the UK now. You just until Wednesday. Just for a week or so. Yeah. And um, then I'm going back to Amsterdam. Yeah. And uh, I might be doing a group event or maybe even a weekend retreat there. And then from there I'm going to Paris. And the 8th to the 10th of November I'm doing a weekend retreat in Paris. And uh, after that I don't know yet. So That's interesting about uh, not knowing. Because we can... Well, the mind likes to plan. Oh, it loves to plan, to feel secure. <laughs> and to, you know, look at the calendar and know that everything's set and... I'm doing this on yeah. this day but then actually that then overwhelms you because you're like I've got too many things in the calendar so how um, I'm asking these questions but I kind of already know the answer because you've <laughs> answered them already in here so you're planning stuff you you know 
it comes down probably just because you're surrendering and you'll the next thing that you're supposed to do you go to Amsterdam and you'll do a retreat there and then you'll move on to Paris and you know the next bit of inspiration will come to you yeah at that point yeah and the more I've been practicing living in this way without trying to control and hold on to things and just surrendering to allowing life to unfold in its own way the more synchronicities tend to happen and and what I, what I call divine inspiration comes so it's just a letting go of how things should be and, and resting as awareness and then the feeling comes to go somewhere to to do something and then we take action on that because it feels it feels aligned it's not coming from a place of fear or neediness just oh this wants to happen and allowing that to happen what will happen after I don't know and just meeting what's here now what's needed in this moment right now and life unfolds in the most magical beautiful way how do you know sometimes the difference between a moment of inspiration to do something or whether it's your mind just saying that you need to do something that's a very good question and uh, it's confusion for a lot of people um, when when it's coming from divine inspiration there's not a feeling of of uh, stress around it like this needs to happen like this and if it doesn't happen I won't be happy it's just a, a kind of a relaxed uh, almost like excitement feeling oh it, it like a, a subtle pull oh that feels really exciting I, wa I want to act on that and, uh, and there's no idea of what the outcome should be I, I think what's coming to me as I said that is something that um, Bashar Daryl Anker channels he says something about this uh, is it taking action you probably know it better than me what um, is the sentence um, it's following excitement taking it as far as you can with zero expectation for the outcome yeah and it's that expectation where you'll know that the ego mind jumped in if there's a demand of how this should be or how I want it to be. Just letting go and, and let it unfold how it needs to. So it's the difference between an, an inner feeling of relaxed openness or contraction and stress and fear. And the more that we practice what I call embodied awareness, which is recognizing that space I was speaking of at the beginning beyond the experience and embodying that by feeling the sensations in the body the more we get in tune with this field this invisible field of intelligence and we're connected within and our inner feeling becomes like our GPS so we can feel uh, it's coming from fear I'm not going to act on that and, and that can also be a good opportunity to meet our fears. What am I scared of? And just question it and have a look and feel the sensations that come with the fear. Maybe I'm scared. Many times we have um, a deep-seated fear for our own survival, which I think comes from generations back, from when we were chased by mountain lions and bears and really we were fighting to survive. Now we've got a house and 
we've got safety to a certain extent, but these old feels, fears are deeply embodied in our ancestral lineage. So it's an opportunity to meet and release that, and that is actually a healing of the past. When we release these fears and moving into the future, we don't take it with us anymore. Beautiful. I'd love to just ask maybe just one more question then, and that is, well, I ask all my guests this one, but I might reframe it slightly. For anyone who may be listening to this and obviously getting a lot out of it and how they can um, be more present, I'm interested to know, say they're in a position where maybe you were 10 so many years ago, were you in a, in a maybe a career or a life that doesn't fit with you, what advice would you offer them so they can potentially move into a place that they can begin to do the things that are going to feel like going to feed the soul more? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question because I think a lot of people feel kind of like they're stuck. They, they've got in this situation in life where they need to pay the bills to get the food and they've got responsibilities like children and it can feel like you're stuck so the best thing that you can do is totally totally surrender to the situation that you're in and as much as possible feel gratitude for everything that you can notice whenever the mind moves into complaining and it shouldn't be like this and when you align with that state of being what you notice is that the outside reality, which seems like it's fixed, actually starts to shift and reflect the new inner state of being. And when people, this is a whole other conversation actually where we can get into conscious manifestation, but basically there's a, a kind of divine intelligence at work and it knows exactly what is best for us and when we surrender and allow fully by being present in every moment and disidentifying with the ego mind that intelligence becomes the the ruler rather than the ego mind being the in the seat of the king on the throne is dethroned and the the power actually comes from something beyond the little me. It comes from this divine intelligence that is creating galaxies, universes. It knows what it's doing. So continue to feel the gratitude, the, the presence inside. And, and just whenever there is an opportunity to take action on what's more exciting or feels more aligned, whether it's drawing or playing music or try to bring that into your life somehow, focus your attention on that and enjoying that. And as you do it, something will open up in life most probably. Maybe you'll be made redundant, maybe a new opportunity will come in life. And if it doesn't, it won't be a problem anyway because your your sense of happiness and fulfillment will be coming from inside of you and not in the circumstances of your life. We don't need life to be any certain way in order for us to feel happiness. It's accessible to us in every moment just by totally surrendering and 
finding the beauty that's already here. Well, that seems like an amazing way to to wrap up our interview today. Incredible. Mm. I've absolutely loved every moment of this, Louise. Me too. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. There we have it, guys. There's today's episode wrapped up. For me, it felt like uh, one long meditation for me just to be sat there and to be in Louise's presence for, you know, an hour and a half and to, um, and just to delve deep into stuff. And it just flowed really nice for me. I didn't really look at the questions I had. I just, I just went with the flow more and did my best to just stop listening to the things that were popping into my head and just to, to be here now and just to in, enjoy someone else's company and just to engage in them in that way. So... I hope you enjoyed it guys and if you did please share this with a friend if you listen to an apple podcast yeah leave us a review that would be amazing and yeah until next time guys have a good one